From the creators of Circles of Faith, this is Slices of Life, where friends grow faith, enhance life, and build community together. I'm Kimberly Amici, and today I'm here with Elise Daly Parker and Noelle Rhodes. And today we're talking about friendship. We've talked about friendship before, but this time we're talking about friendship breakups. Noelle's been doing a lot of research for her book that's coming out on friendship, and she's discovered some interesting things about close relationships, what happens when you have them, when you don't have them, and what it's like to break up. But before we get started, let's ask an In Your Words question. Who is the first friend that you remember? Elise, you want to go first? Yes, sure. Um, the first friend I can remember is a guy named Billy Paulus. And maybe I shouldn't use his last name. But anyway, he was um, <laughs> our next door neighbor in our little cul-de-sac. And yeah, I had I had a little boyfriend. And, um, you know, we just loved running around in our neighborhood. That's what we did back in those days. And I definitely, it was definitely also my first crush. And I remember he gave me we moved from one town to the next and they came to visit and he gave me a um, pretend ruby ring. (laughs) But I was probably six years old. And um, yeah, and we we haven't seen the policies in years. My parents did stay in touch um, for years and then I I think Billy's still around. We we got reunited over something maybe about ten years ago. Um, So anyway... Yeah, Billy Paulus, and we were very good friends, except I did, one day we were playing, and I, you know those hammocks that are on the metal frames? Yeah. Well, I pulled down one end of the metal frame, like way down to the ground, so the other end was way high up in the sky, especially when you're five years old. Yeah. And um, Billy was teasing me and would not move from underneath the hammock, the the metal, and I could not hold it anymore, and it came down on his head. Oh, my gosh. Yes, and he had a um, cracked skull. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did your oh, friendship yeah. survive that? It did. It did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He still liked me, and his mother, thank God, still liked me, <laughs> but I'll never forget seeing him um, being carried <laughs> to the um, car to go to the hospital. And I have to tell you, honestly, I really did not mean to hurt him. It was not vicious. I could not hold it anymore, and he wouldn't move. Mm. Terrible story of my first French. <laughs> oh, oh, no. But that's it. Noelle, what about you? Uh, my first friend, I believe I was probably four years old, and uh, she lived across the street from me. Her name was Jennifer, and we didn't go to the same school because I went to private school. I think she went to another private school, but I just remember that I was dressed up like a cheerleader, and she was dressed up like a princess, and we went a Halloween trick-or-treating together, and I just remember thinking she was really wonderful and like calling her my best friend, but then like we moved. And I never saw her again. Oh. I don't even know her last name. And I asked my mom, like, do you remember the neighbors across the street? Like, what their last name was? So I can maybe Facebook stalk her. Right, but right. <laughs> she doesn't remember. So that friendship will probably never be unearthed again. No. <laughs> you never know. Stranger things have happened. <laughs> Jennifer, if you're out there, find me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, Kimberly, how about you? Um, The first friend I can remember is my friend Linda. She lived around the block from me. I was, um, um, we were in kindergarten together, I think. Actually, she was in the afternoon class and I was in the morning class or vice versa. And we knew each other from the block. I don't remember exactly how the friendship got started. um, But we later became really good friends throughout elementary school, middle school, and even high school. Our friendship weathered me going to private school for a few years. You know how that is. It's you're out of sight, out of mind, but not with her. Mm -hmm. Um, Since she lived down the street, we still hung out. And then we stayed relatively close in college. And then after college, we were close. We were in each other's weddings. And then she moved down to Florida, and I'm still here. So I don't see her (laughs) very often. And I honestly, I don't keep in in touch with her as much as I'd like. We keep in touch a little bit on Facebook. And then when I was in Orlando last year, um, I got a hold of her, and we went and spent the afternoon with her, which was really nice. Um, You know, yeah. And our, our parents still live by each other. So every once in a while, I'll get updates and. My mom will run into her mom and tell me what's going on. So, yeah, that was my first friend. That's cool. <clears throat> Sweet. Well, we don't always have the luxury of 
maintaining friendships for as long as I did, that's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And so mm. that's what we're here to talk about today is those friendship breakups. Yeah. Um, so, Noelle, I want you to just jump right in and talk to us quickly about what project you're working on, which is your book, yes. and maybe a little bit about how you got started and then what you're learning. So um, I became obsessed with friendship um, in February 2016 because I had a moment of kind of like an emotional breakdown where my husband found me crying um, in our room and I was convinced that I was friendless. And it's not the first time that I've I've made that declaration. So, um, and through that, through that kind of moment, um, I started to really sort of look at friendship and I had realized how important my friends are to me and the effects they have on my life. So I started writing the book. I started doing research. Um, and I also am launching a podcast, which is all about friendship. It's called friending and it will be out soon. I, through my research, sent out a survey and got about 100 responses back from women ages 18 to about 65 years old. And one of the questions was, have you ever experienced a friendship breakup? And 96% said yes. And then the other question I asked was, was this friendship breakup verbalized as in this friendship is over, like we're both mutually agreeing on this, or one of us is saying it's over. Or the other option was, was it a silent breakup, meaning nothing was said? Mm. And 93% said it was silent. Wow, that's a big number. That's a very big number. Um, is very, that like a fizzle out, or is that just like a, we're not going to talk to the, about this, it's, it's just clear that this isn't happening anymore? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. I think everyone probably has a different story with it. Mm -hmm. But I will say that when, like, you're in a relationship, like a romantic relationship, and the relationship's over, something usually said. Like, like Mm -hmm. there's either a fight or there's a discussion, and it's verbalized. We're not going to be in a romantic relationship anymore. This Mm -hmm. is not this is not who we are. This is not how we identify ourselves to each other anymore. But in friendship, particularly in female friendship. a lot of times, nothing is said. Nothing yep. is said. Either, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of different kind of endings to it, like either like they fizzle out, maybe somebody's moved away, so it's hard to keep in touch. Maybe lives have gotten too busy, or maybe someone got offended but doesn't want to address the offense, mm. so they just slowly pull away. And over time, the silent, the consistent silence has basically suffocated the friendship. Um, There's loads of different ways that friendships end, but not necessarily that it was a clear, defined, this is over. Mm -hmm. So, and talking to women, particularly, you know, most of the research is around female friendship. I'm starting to look at male friendship, but the majority is female. You know, friendship breakup is super devastating. It's devastating to people, Mm -hmm. but nobody really talks about it. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I one of a huge, huge resource for me was Liz Pryor's book, which was What Did I Do Wrong? Mm. And um, it's a really good book. I recommend it to anyone. Um, she did a lot of research, particularly on friendship breakup. So um, Liz Pryor, What Did I Do Wrong? When Women mm. Don't Tell Each Other the Friendship is Over. Wow. Mm. Love it. So she researched, I think for four years, held several different kind of groups that talked about friendship breakup and women shared their stories. And um, the book was very helpful to me. And there's loads of times I was like, oh my gosh, that happened to me too. Because one of the things I will say, I'm not a friendship expert. I'm studying it, but I'm not an expert. And I certainly would not say that I'm a great friend. Um, and I've, I've, I've certainly had friendship breakups. Like, definitely silent ones that either I just kind of let it go and didn't fight for it, or I was offended and too immature to confront the other person. So I just kind of played the silent treatment for a while. 
until that person gave up on me. Um, so this has been like very challenging to me. Mm. And if I was brave enough, I would, I would almost go back to some of those, um, ex friendships and, you know, poke, poke around a little bit more to see what really happened and maybe do some repenting. But I'm honest, I'm not that brave yet. Not yet. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a friend who I lost touch with in from college, and I really grieved the friendship. Like, I, to the point where I'd even have dreams of like running into her and her being mad at me. And mm-hmm. thanks to Facebook, we connected again, and I wrote her this letter of apology. I know what had happened. She had had she'd gotten married, and she invited me to the wedding. And it was right after college. I had no money. Like I was like, yeah, I'd love to come. But then later did I realize how much it was going to cost to get there, how much it was going to cost to be there, and I didn't end up going to her wedding. And at the time, I had no idea what a absolute faux pas that is. Mm-hmm. And once I realized you can't do that, I was like mortified. And mm-hmm. I did write her this long thing and kind of explained about where I was in that particular time in my life. And she's like, Oh my gosh, I'm totally not even mad at you. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. And I, I think of the time that I spent beating myself up and being so upset about that misfriendship. And, um, I mean, I'd love to say we connected in some big way. We didn't, we're friends on Facebook and we, you know, communicated back and forth a few times and I would love to see her again. Hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it bothered me for a long time. And I remember trying to share, um, about it with my husband and he's like, I just don't understand. Like, why are you even thinking about this? Like you're never Mm going to see her again. And, (laughs) um, that and a couple other friendships that it ended differently. And he just didn't understand what the big deal was and why it was something that, that hurt me so much. But I was Mm. since able to connect thankfully through Facebook with the other friends that were kind of in a similar situation. And it's, you know, the thing that, was the issue is so far gone that they don't even care. Like right. We just decided it doesn't matter. That's so silly. Cause we all, I mean, for me, the things that kind of led to the friendship breakups were when we were, you know, early twenties and even mm-hmm. maybe like in college. Yeah. And so it was very immature, just not knowing better. So, I mean, I'm grateful that those are kind of put to rest and they're not something I have to think about anymore, but it, it was way more devastating than you would think it would be yeah yeah Hmm. interesting i think that um one thing i really learned through the research too is that you know friendship breakup is not necessarily always bad sometimes it's needed Mm -hmm. um it's but it's really the way you know that it's done i think always can have an improvement there was a, a friend i had and i um for a few years and she just always kind of i felt asked me to do things that were against kind of my beliefs you know maybe like lie for her or Mm. um kind of cover for her Mm -hmm. and i mean we're supposed to have our friends backs and all that stuff but there was just a few too many times that i felt very like i was going against my conscience kind of thing and a a big thing just kind of happened and i really had to let that friendship go Mm. it just you know what i mean it wasn't healthy for me Mm -hmm. and um And when I kind of stood my ground a little bit and made some decisions, she wasn't really happy with that either. So it kind of was like we we, we didn't necessarily have a we're breaking up kind of moment, but we definitely had a mutual like, I respect you, you respect me, but we're not going to – we can't walk together anymore. Yeah. 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 And um, it was really hard. It was really – like I like was – I, same thing as you, Kimberly. Like, I was, like, crying mm-hmm. and, like, eating ice cream and watching Grey's Anatomy and, like, as if I had broken up with someone that mm-hmm. I'm in a romantic relationship with. And I remember my husband being, like, what is going on? <laughs> you know? He didn't get it. He's, like, you'll find new friends. And I'm, like, but you don't understand, yeah. you know? That's interesting. So, well, what do yeah. you, I mean, what do you think was so devastating about that? Um, you know what is interesting? I felt like we definitely connected on some cool levels and we thought mm-hmm. very similarly. Like there was things that we were both interested in and the way we thought on some stuff. So in some ways I really felt felt like I had like uh this like mm-hmm. deep connection. Like the best but there was some manipulation there mm-hmm. and I think 
like and like again like any relationship you may fall in love with somebody but they're using you and so you're mm-hmm. like you're mourning the loss of that connection and then you're also like angry with the way that they used you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there's like this whole bag of emotions and it's not that you want to be friends with them again but you're like gosh that was awful like yeah, yeah. Um, i think that happens with any relationship like even a dating relationship but you know it's not a healthy relationship you know this isn't the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with yeah. you break it off there is that grieving and that separation that happens because you shared an intimacy maybe yes. as a friendship not a physical intimacy but an intimacy nonetheless where you've shared your feelings you've exposed yourself and then that kind of bond goes away mm-hmm. yeah yeah. yeah, I think that's a key part too, um, Kimberly, the, the exposure, the vulnerability. You know, you've yeah. sort of opened up your life to somebody and that is a sort of sacred, precious thing. And then when that relationship goes away, it's it's painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a little wound. Yeah, it's interesting. I have not had a lot of friendship, like breakups, but I've definitely had friendships that, um, you know, sort of due to... Um, Time and space and being in different places. Like I think a lot about, um, I had so much fun in college and had so many wonderful friends and it was such a blast, but I did not stay in great touch with most people. Um, like there are a lot of people who did and are still, they still have some sort of a community and they go to Boston college games together. And, you know, but I think for me, I met my husband, uh, towards the end of, college and it sort of it just had me heading off in a new direction um, yeah yeah I did live in New York um but pretty much all my weekends were spent with him especially because he had a daughter so I couldn't see him all the time um I don't know it's mm-hmm. interesting and I would say that was probably most often what happened it just was um you know, oh, things changed. Schools yes. changed. Um, circumstances changed. Yeah. Um, and and I think maybe that's what's kind of helped me to understand that friendship, like so many other things that we talk about, takes intention. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I also have a funny little thing about friendship, which is I would say I didn't feel very entitled to initiate a friendship. I was pretty much, I pretty much would wait for somebody to invite me into friendship okay. um, kind of most of my life. And I would say that's probably based on insecurity. Mm-hmm. But there were also some friendships, too, that um, I truly believe I wanted in. I wanted into the relationship. I wanted into the group of people that this person was a part of. This happened a few times. And I truly believe that the Lord was like, these are not the friends that I have for you. They're great people, yeah. but they're not for you. And yeah. That's good. I've seen, I've seen in hindsight a lot of why that would be true at this point, particularly, um, honestly, friendships that, that would be with both my husband and I. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I did, though, um, was there were some friendships that just kind of fizzled out because similar to what you were saying, Elise, just like seasons of life changed. Right. In fact, when I did that survey the number one um issue that people identified in friendships ending or being interrupted was seasons of life changing Mm -hmm. so for me i had tons of friendships that were really close like very close friendships but Mm. they just kind of fizzled out as i got married as i got children as i started doing this then i moved to northern ireland forget about it um so one of the things i did do after reading this book and um and then working on the, re- the research of the book that I'm writing was I started to email people who or, or Facebook message them of friends that I had in the past. And I just thanked them for who they were in that season. It wasn't like I was – and the reason why I'm saying that was I wasn't saying I want to be friends again. I want to – reconnect what we had because I don't think that's always possible mm-hmm. and especially when the years have gone by gosh it's it's hard you know yeah but I just said you know to several of them I just sent them an, um, a message in fact I think there was a few I called from um called them for wherever where they were at and just said I just want to say thank you for being my friend during that time you um you you contributed to my life you invested yeah. in me yeah so I thank you like very that. much I like yeah, that. That's, that's a good really idea. Nice. Uh, yeah, I would say it's interesting that you say that, um, Noel. I have not really done that with friends. I love that idea. 
I've actually done that with, um, I went through a little season where I recognized other mothers who had oh. kind of taken me under their wing. That's cool. And I was writing about it. So as I wrote about it, I would kind of reach out to them and say, you know, thank you for being a principal person in my life at this time for this reason. So I, I, I love the idea of doing that also with friends who have been in the past. And, um, but they still left a mark that you still think about today, which is cool. Because yeah. people do impact us. Yeah. yeah, I like that idea of a lot. I mean, I instantly think of a group of friends that I spent time with. I think I mentioned it in the other friendship episode, but a play group that I used to have that was so important at a time in my life yeah. when I was yeah. new to being a mom, new to being in the suburbs. And yeah, the, you know, we don't keep in touch, obviously, Facebook and, you know, little things here and there. But it would be nice to just let those people know what they meant to me at that time in my life. And mm-hmm. um, I don't rule out the possibility of a reunion because I was talking or texting with one of them recently about it. But, um, yeah, well, it doesn't need to go back the way it was. But it would be nice to say, hey, guys, you were a really important part of my life. And yeah. I'm glad you were there. Yeah, that's cool. I like that idea. One thing is I discovered through all this is that you can honor that friendship even though that it, it's over. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's, I think when you honor something like that and you find the good and you just say, you know, I'm honoring this, I'm thanking you for this, I remember this, the, you know, this funny moment with fondness, it brings a bit of healing. Mm. And, um, yeah, you know, closure. that's what I found. And er- nearly, I, I did not get any negative feedback from anyone um, that I did contact. Um, not yet, at least. But, I got a lot of really wonderful responses and I'm just sure. people thanking, thanking me for remembering them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. You know, after college, I was surprised at the people who kept in touch with me versus didn't keep in touch with me. That mm-hmm. was back when email was new. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, I tried to write letters to people to keep in touch. And I That's was surprised at who I know. Right. Well, that was before, you know, <laughs> um, I was surprised at who wrote me back, and there were a few people who I was friends with in college, but I wasn't particularly close with, and I became close with them after college, which was a surprise. And I don't know if that has to do with just their personalities and maybe them choosing to make time for our relationship versus people that probably really did care about me. They just weren't the writing letter type or just were busy or going through a time when they were trying to figure out who they were and try to get their feet planted post-college. Maybe, maybe it had nothing to do with what they thought of me or how they valued my friendship and maybe more to do with their personalities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Which I wouldn't have been so quick to see then because I was hurt. I was like, why are we keeping in touch? We were inseparable. Where are you now? Yeah. Did you guys, has any, so has anybody had, had that kind of a breakup where you actually talked about it and kind of decided, you know what, it's just the way it is. We're, we're just not, I mean, you said, actually, Noel, I guess that was pretty intentional with the friend that you were talking about. That was yeah. agreed upon. And there was one other, there was one other one where, um, just due to life situations, um, even though we cared about each other very deeply, we really couldn't continue in a friendship. Um, it would have been probably too painful for that person and um, just like stuff had gone on down in their personal life and yeah so we had we had a moment where we just we, we actually went out to eat and basically said like ended our friendship yeah it was it was actually really weird now that I look at it yeah. it was just kind of like yeah like I understand that you have to move on with your life and you're not going to be able to like hang with me anymore like yeah. i got it like for her own sake she needed to move on and get healing and needed space from maybe um people who would remind her of what was going on you know or what had gone on i should say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so we like went out to eat and we talked about it and we hugged and then there were some tears and i let her go and it was hard but it was i have to say though like when I compare it to those friendships that just fizzled out or became silent, I'm grateful that we had a conversation because I, I knew where I stood with her. 
Mm. And I knew why we couldn't continue right. working together right. that closely right. where we were like, you know, at each other's houses for holidays and birthday parties and that stuff. I, I got it, you know. So, but the ones that fizzled out and there was like no talking, mm. nothing said, it created this like huge vacuum of uncertainty and confusion. And then I would start yeah. filling in the blanks and right. coming up with reasons why. I had ended, right. or I would know why it ended, but was too chicken to say, hey, you ticked me off when you did that. And mm-hmm. so I cut you out of my life because I don't want to yeah. confront you. Yeah. Do you think people let relationships fizzle out because they don't want to admit that it's over or hoping that they can come back later? Hmm. That maybe the discussion question. is too final? I mean, I had a friend who they went MIA. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I felt like we were so close for so long. How does this just happen? How does someone right. who is a part of my life on a regular basis just disappear? Disappear. Right. Yeah. She, yeah, she had good reason to disappear. But now that things have changed again, we've circled back with one another. And so my, I guess my question is, do people do that because they the finality of the conversation and they don't, they don't want to end things. They want to know yeah, it's something yeah. they could enter back into yeah. later. Or do you think that we're just not confronting or we're not like, what do you think the reason? I mean, cause 90, 96% with 93% of those breakups being silent. Yeah. Hmm. I think we don't like, question. I don't yeah. think we like confrontation though. Yeah. I don't think there's very few people I know who love it. And, um, and those people I, might be hard to have a friendship with. Yeah. And they're the hard ones. Right. They're really hard to be friends with them. <laughs> um, I think that there, that definitely could be a reason though, is that you, you don't really want to say it's over. You want that. You almost want to keep that person dangling in case you need somebody hmm. at some point. But <laughs> I think that a lot of times it really is. It's insecurity. It's not wanting to be vulnerable. It's worrying about rejection. But one thing I, I've always taken a lot of comfort from as I've been studying this is Jesus um, was totally betrayed by his close friends. Peter was one of them. And you know what? When after the resurrection happened and there was opportunity for Jesus to talk to Peter, he kind of like confronted him. He said, Peter, do you love me? Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that should be something for us to take from, that when we do feel hurt, it's actually a little bit better to say, hey, like, do mm-hmm. you love me? Mm-hmm. Then, yeah. I, then I need you to be there for me. I mean, Jesus yeah. said, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. And, you know, I think that I had a friend actually once say that to me. And they said, Noel, like, do you want to be friends with me? And I remember being like, why would you even ask that question? Of course I do. And right. she's like, well, then I need you to actually, like, spend time with me. Mm-hmm. I need you to not. Mm-hmm. I need you to not take that phone call from the office when we're having coffee, mm-hmm. because I, to me, you're not communicating that you want to be there for me. And she was one of those people that, that loved confrontation. But I was so glad that she was because we had this opportunity to work on our friendship. Yeah, and 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 for me to say, well, yeah, I do value you, so I'm going to not put this phone away and give you time. Yeah. But um, or perhaps it could gone the other way where i would have been like you know what maybe i don't have time for this many people in my life right you might so have, you i might have responded differently yeah so i think that confrontation as scary as it is can be a gift yeah and even if it leads to the breakup if you can do it peacefully and clearly and honor the that friendship and for how it served you both and blessed mm-hmm. you both mm-hmm. you can gain so much more out of it we think it's easier to just kind of and like let it fizzle, ignore it, don't talk about it. Maybe if I close my eyes, they will go away. But it will haunt you, and it will come back to you, and you won't grow from it. You're you're not actually confronting some things that probably need to be addressed. Yeah, and it might be in you too. I think it's interesting that you um, talked about you know that part, Noel. What it makes me think of is um, I can't. I, I wish I didn't. I wish I didn't have to say this, but I know I've had a few friends confront me about my commitment to them. Definitely, and you know, just kind of like, listen, um, I really, we're really good friends, but you're kind of letting me, letting me down. Maybe yeah. they they went through something, and I wasn't reaching out, or maybe um, I just wasn't wasn't available enough because I've got that busyness issue going on. And so I have actually, and I'm very thankful. I mean, I definitely wasn't that thankful at 
the moment. I was very, felt terrible and very defensive and was definitely wanted to be like, well, will you blah, blah, blah. Well, you're busy too. Whatever, whatever defense I could come up with. But, um, I do have very, and so it makes me kind of think I have very good friends who have, um, the friendship has withstood the test of time, but Mm. there have sometimes been some, um, confrontations along the way and maybe even some misunderstandings in, in a smaller way, not just the big, Oh, you haven't been there for me, but, um, just a smaller thing. Like, you know, why why wouldn't you respond or something like that? In fact, I had something happen, um, in the past couple of days. Uh, we had a kind of longstanding, um, dinner with a few friends and it's very hard to get a group of people together. Um, but I was very happy down the shore and one person pulled out. So I kind of thought, well, maybe I should just stay where I am and enjoy one last sunset. I've just seen the most magnificent sunsets in the past few days. And, um, so I, I said, you know, maybe, maybe I'll stay for one last sunset. And I was very thankful that this friend actually said, I'm very disappointed and I'm going to get off this group text So I, I was like, okay, this is not a problem because Mm. I don't feel that strongly about it. I feel much more strongly about my relationship with this friend than I do about my sunset, one more sunset. So I right away got in touch with her on, you know, a a separate, um, text and said, listen, um, I'm really sorry. I don't want to disappoint you and I really do want to see you. So I'm going to go back to our original plan. And that's what we did. It's good. But you know, it was good. It was good for her to be so honest with me. I've known this person for, you know, um, 35 plus years. And I think at this point we should be able to say, Hey, you're letting me down and you know, you can fix that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, we keep talking about confrontation, but I think maybe there's another word for what she did to you. Meaning that if I look back at the relationship I just mentioned, if I had have said, Hey, I really miss you and I miss having you a part of my life. Yeah. It's less of a confrontation than me going, I can't believe you forgot about me. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know, I don't think you were thinking about me when you X, Y, and Z. Right. So when we're vulnerable and we let them know, we take, we kind of, take it from you to me. So instead of saying you did this, say, this is how I feel. Right. And, right. you know, it's still scary, but it has the opportunity for healing or for connection rather than possibly setting the stage Yeah. for the breakup. I don't know. It, it was, it was, a, I think yeah. it was an affirmation that, yeah. um, that I value the friendship again, more than my time. Yeah, that, you know, my, my little sunset time. And, um, but I did say to her, you know, these are the kinds of things that really can go either way. Like Mm -hmm. it could have been that one more of the three of us would have said, you know what, I'd rather reschedule too, because I've got a busy, whatever the reason would be. So I, you know, that was something also to, to, kind of recognize. Anyway, it was, it was uh, kind of the best outcome I think that it could be, um, truly. And again, I, I appreciate her honesty and I have appreciated other people's honesty, even if I haven't liked it necessarily, um, because I do value people mm. and I don't always know when I've let them down, you know? And it's, and what you said, uh, to Kimberly is really interesting. Like I would say I've done that more with my sister's because, of course, we have a certain kind of relationship where we would say yeah. things we wouldn't say to other people. Um, where I've been like, gosh, you never, you never come over anymore or you never step in anymore. Where what I really mean is, I really miss you. I really yeah. want some time with you. Can we figure out a way to do that? Mm-hmm. I mean, that really is what I feel. Now, I yeah. think people appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that when someone says that to me. Because yeah. I oftentimes don't understand they how they value me as a friend yeah and so Mm. i'm often surprised when they say that yeah i'm often like oh really you enjoy getting together with me often my you know you miss my opinion or you miss having Mm. me around or you wanted me to speak into that situation because i just thought you needed space because i didn't realize the value i had in your life and so yeah Yeah. somebody reaches out to say that you're like oh because i think unlike a romantic relationship we're not like Mm. you know 
constantly telling them how we feel about them, right? No, of course not. (laughs) So there's, there's no reason for them to think that we feel a certain way unless we actually say it. Right. Right. There is a phrase, I don't know who said it, and and it's not me, I'm not the clever, (laughs) but it is when you communicate, you make room for compassion. But when you conceal, you are building a platform for confusion. Mm. I'm just going to say it again because it's really good. It is when you communicate, you make room for compassion. But when you conceal, you build a platform for confusion. And that's true. When people communicate, hey, I would really like to see you. And I'm kind of a little bit disappointed you're not going to be there. Well, your heart is like melted, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. You, try to, you try to make it happen, you know, but when someone doesn't say anything, they just get off that group text and just ignore everybody. Everyone's confused. What happened? What do we say? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. And I think that when it comes to friendship breakup, that's what happens. You know, people conceal their feelings. They don't communicate. And then there's a lot of confusion and it takes a lot of time to work through that. And what has happened to women who've had a series of friendship breakups or some very, very um, ugly ones, then they are very hesitant and cautious of making new friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And their trust is very low. Mm. And I've definitely had a lot of conversations with several different women who just the thought of having to make a new friend after what they've gone through, it it's it's too risky. Yeah. That's yeah. a shame. So why don't you share with us some godly ways to handle a situation that has the potential to lead to a breakup? I think that as soon as you feel um, tension to address it, just just um, attack it with a lot of love and a lot of truth, mm. number one. I think that's what Jesus definitely modeled for us. Number two, I think that um, it really it, it, it does behoove us to always kind of assume the best of that person mm-hmm. as opposed to the worst and mm-hmm. also assume the best of us, meaning that if someone doesn't call you back or text you back, mm-hmm. um, don't do what I do and completely you know, make up a crazy story in your head that nobody likes you <laughs> and have formed a club called I Hate Noel. Um, I do but that instead, too. Assume that every- <laughs> instead, just assume that, you know, she might be busy. Okay. Instead of me like crying about this and being angry or whatever crazy emotion you may feel, maybe I'm going to like call her or text right, her right, or send her right. flowers and say, hey, I haven't heard from you. Is everything okay? Um, yeah. Uh, so I think that's another godly way is instead of making it very self-focused, mm-hmm. um, you know, reach out, reach out. Yeah. I think if a friendship does end, this is the hardest part is to try to honor that person regardless of what has happened in your words um, about them to other people. Mm. I am, I'm going to be very honest to you. I want people to like me. And I, um, if I feel like someone doesn't like me, I would like to make a case as to why that's crazy. Or if someone hurts me and I'm angry about it, I'm going to be honest with you, I would like there to be a group of people who are upset with me. So I have <laughs> used my words to wrangle my fan club a little bit. And I think when a friendship breakup happens, if you want to... Um, honor Jesus, you have to keep your mouth shut sometimes. Yeah, and just yeah. when people ask you about it, just be like, yeah, you know, we're just, we're, we're just not friends like we used to be. Um, but gosh, you know, this person, there's so many great qualities about them. And instead of highlighting what is wrong, like try to cover a multitude of offenses with love and, you know, just be kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like and, that last one because I think you see a lot of that in middle school and teen relationships. Oh and that's gosh. the devastating yeah. part about friendship breakups is not the actual breakup. It's what happens afterwards because we're we're trying so hard to get other people on our team and to create that fan club because we wouldn't possibly want us to look bad or feel bad or yeah and that's it's devastating especially i mean it's it's devastating to anyone but especially at a young age i think it's a tough one oh boy the left outedness Mm. and you don't really know what that feels like until you're on the other side Mm -hmm. 
And I've been on the other side of that and been like, what? This is what people are saying about me. And and um, very quickly, there was one moment um, where there was someone that was saying really bad things about um, about me. Well, at least I think they're really bad. <laughs> but I was like, and there was they were just lies, and they were upset with me for something. You know, I, it was a situation, and and I got so angry. And my friend was one that told me, like, oh yeah, this is what they're. She's like saying this about you, and you know, is this true? And I just was like, well, let me just tell you about her and why <laughs> she's saying this about me. Let me just let you know what's going on in her heart and what I know about her. Oh, and no, I, yeah. I totally like ripped this this woman to pieces. And and my friend just like stood there like stunned by the the like the violence that was coming out of mm. my mouth. And I wasn't speaking lies, but I was definitely murdering her with my words. Mm. And my friend was like, "I'm just going to stop you from saying anything else cuz maybe what you're saying is true, but it's not right." Mm. And I had to like repent and like ask for forgiveness and it was but I realized that you know, we're capable of doing this. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And so when we, when there is that breakup or when there is that breakdown in a relationship, we really need to rely on Jesus and the Holy Spirit to help us to walk worthy and, and to honor people, even when they're dishonoring us. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think words matter so much. I mean, if even if you have broken up with a friend or they have legitimately done something to wrong you, those words that we speak out, they affect our heart, right? They get sewn into our heart because they come out our mouth. We hear them with our ears. They go into our heart and it changes our posture when yeah. we're around other people and they're brought up or whether we're around them. And yeah. then it really shuts us off because it poisons us to potentially reconnect with them in a future whether it's the change of season whether it's a change in their heart and their attitude you know like are we are we leaving you know in some christian friendships are we leaving room for the holy spirit to work and let's say the holy spirit does work and there's an opportunity to reunite have you created this posture this attitude towards that person because it's what you've been confessing out of your mouth yeah that's so good i mean i'm i try to be mindful of that i don't want to say anything that taints my own heart towards somebody else especially if there's any potential that they're going to be a part of my life, whether a friend or not a friend, you never know when they're going to come back around. Yeah. 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 And I guess when you do that, when you sort of mull around the things that you don't like about somebody and maybe share that with a few other people, um, you're hmm. really kind of cherishing sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're clearly told not to do that. But it's like, this feels good. I'm going to keep keep rolling around in this for a while because I want to feel better about the whole situation. It's funny. Um, something else that Noel, you reminded me of, um, I am very rejection sensitive. I've gotten better, Mm -hmm. um, and take things less personally over the years because of, um, you know, working, working on it. Mm. Um, but I used to, I, I, I didn't know this, but I did it reactionally, you know, knee-jerk reaction. If somebody looked like they might reject me, meaning like they might not be interested in a friendship with me, or they might be pulling out of a friendship with me, or they just are the the kind of person who just seems to say hello, you know, with great enthusiasm to everybody but me, (laughs) (laughs) I would like make a vow that I would, this, you know, like, I wouldn't hate the person. I think I did hate the person in my heart, but yeah. I would, I would, I would be silently rejecting that person before they literally could reject me. Wow! To head it off at the pass, yeah. like she was not going to reject me, or he, maybe he too, not as much he, but mm-hmm. she was not going to reject me. I was going to do it first. And wow, yeah, that was something I came, um, I confronted at some point. I, a while ago, many, many years ago, actually, I'm going to say, you know, 15 years ago, but, um, I used to do that and I did it, I think for a long time. And it was really, really a light bulb for me when I saw that I did that. I I talk about not giving a person a chance. It's like, no, they were not going to hurt me. I was going to diss them first. Wow. Well, sometimes the bad choices we make in friendship has to do with protecting ourselves. Not mm-hmm. loving them, not serving them, but protecting ourselves. Yeah, mm. yeah, very true. Yeah, interesting. 
I would say to anyone who's out there today who is having gone through a friendship breakup um, and is really hurting, like, you know, you're, that's valid. Mm-hmm. That's completely valid and it's real. And I would just encourage you to try to walk with it as close to Jesus mm-hmm. as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And don't let bitterness and, um, you know, an offense build up in your heart. Mm-hmm. But um, know that what you're going through is real and not ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really important to bring that kind of pain to the Lord and really say, okay, this is a, a really tough situation for me. I don't like what's happening. Um, you know, again, I'm thinking of a time when I just felt like I just couldn't enter into this group that I wanted to be a part of. And, you know, Lord, help me with this. Either yeah. Either make a way or help me to be peaceful about this just not being my group yeah. and being okay with that. And he really did. And he really, he really showed me that, um, that these were wonderful people. They just weren't who he had. They weren't his best for me. Yeah. And so if I had been, if I had gotten into that group and, you know, been part of that, I wouldn't have had time to cultivate some of the other relationships that I believe the Lord had for me. So I think when we, when we ask him, um, he will answer that, you know, he will mm-hmm. respond to us about friendships. And even with things like when, where there's been a conflict or a hurt, m- many times when that has happened, I've been like, Lord, please just give me an open door. Give me an opportunity to open up this conversation um, because I feel like it needs to be had, but I, I'm not sure I'm up for making a phone call or really initiating. And again, I feel like the Lord's been very good to me on that, in that way, made a way where there needs to be one. Yeah. I've been praying the prayer of, okay, who do you want in my life? Because I do have a tendency to look at certain people and say, well, why can't I be friends with them? And why aren't they including me? And really every once in a while, God will bring someone in my life and I'll be like, you know what, you know what you're doing. Like, I couldn't have picked you. this relationship you know what you're doing. <laughs> if I tried. Um, so proud of you, God. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, my gosh. You really do know. You know, and I've even found that there's some people that as God's led me to pray for them, I it's op- it, not, the, not the prayer that they know of, but the prayers, praying for them has opened up opportunity for them to then become a part of my life where the prayer precedes the relationship. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of neat to see too. And I'm like, okay, God, you just want me to intercede for them and pray for them. And, you know, that's been an interesting, um, to see happen too. Yeah. I feel like that's almost probably another conversation about how, what, what do we do when the Lord brings somebody to mind, you know, Mm -hmm. a friend or, yeah. How do we respond to that? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting what you said because I think it brings up the topic of how not oh, not all friendships are meant to last a lifetime either. Mm-hmm. So we're like, there are some friends that will be in our life for a season. Yeah. And there's some to some who we will have to the very end, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can kind of go a little crazy trying or thinking that we need to keep everybody as intense as they always were, you know, right. yeah. but we can certainly always pray for them. And, um, again, just, just honor them, you know, and realize that their, their friendship was really important at that point in my life. I needed yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but right now, not that I don't need them, but it's just different. Yeah. And maybe they needed you too, you know? Yeah. Noelle, you talked about um, some practical things that we can do when dealing with a breakup or a friendship that looks like it's headed in that direction. Can you quickly touch on forgiveness in the process and what it is that we can pray and how we can pray for that situation? Mm. Um, Well, forgiveness is a choice, so and it's not always a feeling. Um, But I think in those times... Um, one particular friendship that I could think of that ended badly. Um, I really need to forgive this person, and it really took me every single day to um, ask the Lord to help me to forgive them and to pray. You, I mean, you brought this up like blessing on their life, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be honest with you. Like the first couple months. I did it with my teeth kind of clenched and like, I don't really mean this, (laughs) but I want to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And then over time, 
I feel like God just melted my heart a little bit and matured me through it and showed me my own sin in it and was like, you know, you know, God's very gracious to me, but he was like, well, you kind of like, you know, you had your part too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it was easier to forgive. Um, So I think that when it comes to forgiveness, it is a choice. It needs to be a consistency in prayer and knowing that you're not, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's not going to be like, you just like, Oh Lord, help me forgive them. The next morning you're going to wake up and have like pleasant thoughts of them. And you know, you know what I mean? And I think sometimes too, which is interesting is that you could think that you're like, everything's cool. Like you're forgiving them. Like, like you don't have any bad feelings. And then something comes up and it just like scratch that little wound that you had. And all of a sudden you're like, gosh, I feel hurt. Like I'm feeling hurt again by this. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling anger towards this person because something else has happened. And there's been several times that's happened to me in regards to some past friendships and God's just reminded me that I really need to rely on him to forgive, yeah. yeah, you know, and remember that his, that his mercy and grace is available to me and, um, and that he has forgiven me and therefore he's called me to forgive others. So that's what I would say in regards to forgiveness and friendships that have ended. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You might have to do it more than once. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think some, sometimes there's even things that you have to forgive them for that maybe in your head you've rationalized, oh, I understand why they did this. But if the hurt is there and if the pain mm-hmm. is there, to, I think it, forgiveness is an important step. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, and sharing your feelings, maybe you don't have that opportunity to share with them your feelings, but to share them in your prayer time with God. Yes, yes, yes. And I it's, like that. It's so crucial to do this work. It's hard work, but it's crucial because it, it will affect your other friendships mm. or your future friendships. It will Absolutely. because your, your perception is clouded by unforgiveness and bitterness and, um, you know, just being overly cautious and and distrusting. But forgiveness is going to help you, uh, you know, heal those things. And then you're able to be a better friend to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I am so glad that we got to talk to, about this today. This is definitely not something that I hear people talk about often mm-hmm. um, because so who wants hard. to talk about it? They want to talk about right. how wonderful friendships are and how we can make them. But very often do we really unpack what happens when it's time to break them up or they mm-hmm. break up on their own? So thank you, Noelle, for sharing this with us. And I look forward to talking to you more about friendship as you continue to write your book. So, hey, guys, why don't you tell me where I can find you at online? Okay. Well, I can be found at EliseDailyParker.com. And generally speaking, my tag is Elise Daly Parker. Um, I do also have a Facebook page that is Elise Daly Parker, editor, writer, coach. So I've kind of neglected to share that, but I'm sharing it today. (laughs) And what about you, Noelle? I know we can read some stuff about friendship on your blog. Yes, I'm at noellerodes.com, and Rhodes is spelled R-H-O-D-E-S. Mm-hmm. And um, we do have a podcast coming out, which is going to be called Friending. And you can go to the web page. It's um, www.friendingpodcast.com. And so we'll be launching in the next couple of weeks. And it's all about awesome. friendship. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. You can find me at KimberlyAmici.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at KimberlyAmici. And on Facebook, I'm Living in the Sweet Spot. Everything that you heard here today can be found in our show notes. If you'd like additional resources, bonus episodes, you can get them by subscribing to our newsletter at circlesoffaith.org. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. And when you get a chance, leave a review and share it with a friend. 